Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. If I could have Andrew and, and Don come on up. And uh, we've been taking part uh, together in, in just uh, some Q&A. Uh, and um, so if you have some questions, we're going to open things up right off the top, sort of to get things rolling. And then, and then if you have any questions uh, that have been uh, on your heart or you're just saying, I don't know about this and how does this work and um, we'll be open. Not to say that we have the answers, all the answers, we don't. But uh, we'll do what we can. Uh, Don says he's going to make something up. Um, but uh, we will point to the, the scriptures and see what the scriptures have to say regarding uh, various questions you may have. So uh, with that, I, I just want to... I'm going to sit down here if that's okay. And um, so today, um, tonight, just to open up uh, a question for you, and maybe I can ask you, um, you might have some answers to this, and we'll, we'll get some participation tonight. Uh, the question being, are we as believers going to go through the tribulation. So before I, I have anybody answer, just want to make sure that everybody knows uh, the tribulation, what it is, and um, what does tribulation mean right off the top? Anybody? Can somebody tell me what tribulation means? Anyone? Shout it out. What's If you're going through a tribulation in your life, is is that a Woohoo! I can't. I just. I'm so excited about what's happening in my life right now. And uh, so, is that what tribulation means? What does it mean? Tribulation. Troubling times. We're talking extremely troubling times. So, the question is: Are we going to be going through the tribulation? And um, let me just uh, read from. Uh, I'm going to see if I can pull this up quick here. I'm going to read from Revelation uh, chapter 1. And uh, sometimes I, I've heard it said that it's, it's, people say, hey, I, and even pastors would say, I, we don't preach or teach on the book of Revelation uh, because it's, there's, it's just too hard to understand and grasp everything. But... Um, the cool thing is, in chapter 1, uh, I think it's verse 19, it sort of gives an outline of what the book is, how it's put together. In three main, main sections, it says, write the things, and this, this is uh, Jesus talking to John, the, his disciple. This is around 90, 92 A.D., so this is like 60 years, almost 60 years after Jesus ascended uh, to the throne. It says, and he says in this revelation that he gave or is going to give and, and gives to John, he, he structures it. And he says, write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. So it breaks it down into three sections. The things which, are, which you've seen, and that's throughout the book, but especially chapter 1, uh, as he falls before 
Jesus and, and uh, uh, there's things that are revealed about Jesus and about the, the, the candlesticks and the, the stars uh, that he's holding in his hand in chapter 1. In chapters 2 and 3, the things which are, can anybody tell me what, what chapters 2 and 3 are about in, in the book of Revelation? Quickly, or just off the top of your head? Sorry? The seven churches. There's seven different churches mentioned, and you'll recognize right away that these churches, uh, most of them have some flaws or some major faults or things that they have to repent of. So five of them, have to, they have to repent, and uh, even with the repenting, there's always a promise given, even to the churches that are like Sardis, which is pretty well dead. It's a dead church. And uh, there's little left. There's not much left. And, uh, but it talks about as they repent, there's a promise given to the church. And to each church, each church has given a different promise. It's wonderful. It's beautiful that God doesn't throw out. But there is the need to repent. Um, and then the last thing it says, and the things which will take place after this. So after the time of the churches, there's things that will take place. And he says, I want you to write down the things that you see and the things which, uh, which are and, and mark them down. Now, if I can have you turn to Revelations chapter 4, and I'm just giving a little bit of, of structure, especially for Revelation. In Revelations chapter 4, verse 1, and it, maybe we can, if you can put that up on the screen for us, Revelations 4, verse 1. It said, it says, after these things, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And then he starts to describe what he's saying. So let me read again. After these things, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. So I guess the, the, the question, and, and as you read through chapters 4 and 5, chapters 4 and 5 are an amazing uh, picture of the multitudes that have been over the course of time from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every peoples, every people group. There are people standing before God Almighty, and they're standing in front of the throne, and they're standing and there's a, a praise and a worship that goes up with the different, uh, the, the, the 24 elders and the, the creatures. And there's a worship that goes up to God. And we read of that in chapters 4 and 5. In chapters 4 and 5, John at one point starts to weep or cry. Does anybody know why he is crying? And what does, Jesus, what does the lamb have that is causing John to weep? Anybody? Okay, so if you didn't hear that, the seals, the seals on what? What's a seal? What, like...
All right, so there was a scroll, and they had seals, and each seal would open up a section of the scroll, and uh, there was no, it says there was no one found that could open up the scroll. And John weeps. And there's this, this thing of, John, hey, but there is one that can open up the scroll. And uh, so the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, is able to open up the scroll. And what happens, or how many seals are on this scroll? There's seven seals. So my question is at this point, has the scroll been opened yet? Have the seals been opened yet? Sorry? No, they have not been opened yet. But yet, we know what will happen when each of the seals is open. So it hasn't happened yet. Chapters 6 through 19. From chapter 6 through 19, we have not just seven seals. What comes after the seven seals as they're opened up? Anybody? There are seven trumpets that are blown. And after each trumpet is blown, something else happens on the earth. Just like with the, every seal that's open, something happens on the earth. And it, is it really good or not? Okay, it's, it's extreme. And so these things, they, they, they unfold. And time, with, as time progresses, they go one after the other. So they don't go out of order. They go one after the other. There's, there's a progression of time and also of, of these things happening, this activity that's going on, that God is fully in charge of. So Jesus opens up the seals. Then after the seals come, seven trumpets are blown. And each time a trumpet is blown, there's another thing that unfolds on this planet. And after the seven trumpets are blown, there are what hap happens after that. Seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls, vials. So it's a bowl or a vial is poured out. It's the, the wrath of God poured out on this planet. So the question is, this tribulation period, um, does anybody know how, how long this period of time is? Sorry? Seven years. So the question is this, are we going to go through this seven-year period of time? So there are some, and, and um, there are some that uh, said, say, yes, we're going to go through this seven-year period of God's wrath being poured out on this planet. There are some that say, no, uh, the wrath of God is just this, the seven bowls at the end. And they start around midway through the seven-year period. Are they going to be poor? Are, we're going to be in the first half of the tribulation and so a lot of people will say we're, yeah, we're sort of like mid, they, they call it mid-trib, or some may call it pre-wrath, the wrath of God being poured out. So we're going to have to go through the first three and a half years of the tribulation. And there are some that say, well, no, 
we're not going to be going through that tribulation. So the question is, is there a scripture to back uh, whether or not we're going through the tribulation? So um, I just want to just uh, pull up a few scriptures and, and uh, just look at uh, a question, how, if we're not going to be going through this tribulation, what is supposed to happen? How are we taken out of going through that? Okay, does anybody know a passage of Scripture that would tie in with, I heard somebody say rapture. Can you find the word rapture in, in Scripture? No. However, you will find the word a, that goes or says a catching up, to be caught up. The word caught up has a word, uh, I think it's raptura, that, that we get the word rapture from. But does, does anybody have a scripture that would, would line up with, with that, that there's going to be a catching up of the saints? All right. If, I, if we can pull up 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 from verse 13. All right. Because I, I don't want you to think, well, Pastor Dave is making this stuff up. But, and with that, I, I want to say this. Uh, from what I read in scriptures and from what I see in scripture, um, we will not be here for the tribulation, those seven years. The thing is, we need to be ready to go. That's the main thing, is am I ready to go so that I'm, I'm not here during the tribulation? So that's where, what, what we need to uh, make sure of, that our, we, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Take your salvation seriously. It's, it's not something you just sort of, you're casual about. You need to be, we need to be serious about our salvation. Am I saved or am I ready to go? And uh, so um, we'll, we'll just cover what it is to be ready. So um, I don't know if, if one of you, who's got, you got it, Don, there, First Thessalonians 4 from verse 13, or Andrew, you got it? Okay, Andrew, if you could read um, that passage. And just listen up. Uh, this is going to be happening. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about it happening in the twinkling of an eye. So what's the twinkling of an eye? It's as, as fast as you can even blink. So we're talking a split. It's a fraction of a second that it takes for you to blink your eyes. In the twinkling of an eye. And uh, we it says we'll be caught up to be with the Lord. So, Andrew, if you could read that. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as those which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. All right, so this, this uh, event has not taken place yet. So in a, in a split moment, those that are dead in Christ will rise first. And you might say, 
how I, th I thought when you die, you go to heaven. So how, how can you uh, justify this thing of those that are dead in Christ will rise first, and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. So we're going to follow right after them. So how can you, uh, what should I say, uh, reconcile, good, that's the word I'm looking for. How can you reconcile this passage of scripture uh, for those that have died? as believers and being their body being caught up to be with the Lord. Can somebody give me a, a, some explanation on that? Anybody? Want? Okay. Now the thing is they are dead or the person has died. All of us know people that have died, right? Jesus uh, off, or said while he was on this earth ministering, he, he says, oh, he's only sleeping. And the disciples thought, oh, he's just sleeping. But then, he's, then he expands on it about Lazarus. He says, no, he's died. And I'm glad that you didn't know about it right away because he's already been dead for a number, a few days already. So this aspect of sleeping has to do with dying where the person is dead or they've died physically. They've stopped breathing. Their heart has stopped beating. Their brain activity is no longer there. So how can we explain this thing of, of what happens to a person when they die? All right, so if you, if you didn't hear that, uh, Ernie was saying that when we die, our spirit and soul go to be with the Lord. And the moment of the, when that trumpet sounds, 1 Corinthians talks about us receiving an immortal body without corruption, incorruptible. And so at that moment in time, so right now, those that are in heaven spirit and soul is in heaven you know you've been to funerals where you have laid bodies to rest whether cremation or uh, burial you know the person you saw that the body was put in the casket the casket closed you saw you watch as the casket went to the the graveyard and it was buried so the the physical body decays and from dust to dust. And so there's a, a, a decaying of, of the physical body. The spirit and soul goes to be with the Lord. There's many accounts of people that have been resuscitated. They see themselves out of their body. And at, at times, like oftentimes you'll hear, they, they see this light, they're heading towards a light. But oftentimes they will, they're unconscious on the operating table and they, they've died. They can see the doctors, nurses working on them, and they're looking down. Their spirit and soul is leaving their body. And so we, we have accounts of that, especially with people that are resuscitated, that have been dead for, uh, you know, a minute or two or more, and they're resuscitated. There is this leaving of the body behind. So at the resurrection, 
when the trumpet sounds, the body, there's going to be a, a new body that will raise up. The dead in Christ will raise first. And, and then it says we and their spirit and soul will be put into that new body that's in heaven. will be put into that, that new body and we will be with the Lord. Same thing with those that are, are alive when the trumpet sounds. It says we'll be caught up. Our body, we will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye to a body that is immortal and is incorruptible. We'll live forever. All right. Does that make sense? Do you understand? Any questions about that? We're good. Any comments? All right. Right. So I, they're not talking about they're not talking about um, a coma. People that have died in the war, they're definitely not in a coma when they've been blown apart. Or they've been they died at sea and the, the fish are, are eating them up or whatever uh, so they're not in a coma so uh, it says can you find the word or the passage it talks about to be okay you've got it already for me this is second uh, Corinthians 5 verse 6 it says and if you can put that up on the screen second Corinthians 5 verse 6 therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So whether we labor that, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. And for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So basically it's saying to be absent from the body once we die we are absent from the body. As believers, we are present with the Lord. Okay? So this, this sleep, Jesus is, or that passage has to do with uh, being, yes, you are dead. You have died physically. Okay? I, I just want to read quickly from uh, um, a passage that, that, has, that talks about God not appointing us to wrath, the wrath of God, okay? How many of you are, that are parents here today would, or as a child, uh, your parents, you'd say, you know what? My father, uh, if, he's, if he's upset, whether we've done something right or wrong, doesn't matter, uh, we're just, we're going to get it. We're going to have his wrath poured on us, whether we deserve it or not. How many of you have received perhaps undeserved uh, chastisement? Anybody? Some of you re received. Do you think that your heavenly father would uh, do that to you? Our heavenly father would not give, uh, pour out his wrath on his children uh, that, that love him. So let me just read a passage here. And this is regarding um, the Lord's coming. But concerning the times and the seasons, and this is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so, uh, so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. 
and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. We're not in darkness, so we're not clueless that this day should overtake us like a thief. You're, a thief doesn't say, hey, I'm coming to rob you now. Uh, so uh, a thief comes suddenly without any uh, alarm or any, uh, hopefully, that we, or we wouldn't have a knowledge of his, his coming. So this day should not overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness, or at least we shouldn't be. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. So to be sober, uh, and this breastplate of faith, faith in Jesus Christ, what he did for us, and this, this breastplate of love that we're wrapped in his love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. We have salvation in Jesus Christ. Verse 9, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake, listen, brother, whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So whether we are still alive or are dead, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also, just as you also are doing. So um, here's this aspect of God not pouring. He says he's not appointed us to wrath. Okay, his wrath this tribulation, this time of tribulation, he has not appointed it us unto us whose faith is in the Lord and we have that helmet of the hope of salvation. We have salvation. You're a child of God. Um, any, any questions? So we know that in the last days that um, uh, the Euphrates River will dry up. In fact, if you look at now, right now, the Euphrates River will dry up. And what will that allow to have happen? So, so does that mean that we're in the middle of the tribulation? So the, the Euphrates River has dried up. It's the first time in uh, ever that they, re, that they can recall. It's never dried up. It's a huge river. It goes, I don't know, many hundreds and hundreds of kilometers long, and it's wide, and it's completely dried up just in the last few years. So part of this has to do with the with the fact that there's going to be an army of 200 million men coming across, and they'll walk across the, the Euphrates River. So we know that's happening. That hasn't happened yet. So this is one of the things that, that, that will be taking place uh, during the tribulation, which means if that's the case, the Euphrates River is dried up already, that we are very close to the catching up of the saints. All right.
Uh, just one last thing, uh, or actually just a, two things that I want to mention. Regarding this God not pouring out his wrath, uh, Luke 21. And there's three chapters that have to do with the last days that Jesus talks about, Matthew 24 and 25, Mark chapter 13, and Luke 21. And there's, there's a passage there that talks about God not pouring his wrath on his children. So that's uh, Luke 21 from verse uh, 34. Luke 21, 34. If you got it up on the screen. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. So there's three things mentioned here. Carousing, just life is great, and there's this, this aspect, there is an aspect of, of drunkenness and, and revelry. Uh, then it talks about drunkenness. And it talks about the cares of this life, the stresses of this life that we're not weighed. It says, don't allow these things, don't be weighed down by these things. And that, so that day, that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who are dwell on the face of the, earth, the whole earth. Does anybody know what a snare is? It's a trap. So it's a, a round thing looped with usually a fine, thin wire. And you run through, it gets around your neck, and it gets tight. And basically, that's, that's what they call a snare, to, to trap. Watch, therefore, listen, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So here we have, regarding this, this entire chapter that has to do with uh, the last days and, and the tribulation, and and the Lord is saying, watch, therefore, that you pray always. You're, you're in communion with God, that you are counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. Can somebody tell me what it is to be worthy, to be counted worthy? How can we be worthy before the Lord? Okay. What if you don't have time so to, see, to, to read his word, come together in prayer? What if you can't do those things? There's places that, that you cannot, you're, there's countries that you can't even assemble together. So, sorry, what did you, what did you say, Sam? Which is? How are we in right standing with him? All right, so it has to do with your faith. Where's your faith at? If your faith is in Jesus Christ, on Sunday morning, good, it was a good message, uh, and it was around James. James says, you say you have faith? I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, I'm going to show you my, because of where I am with my faith, that there's a change taking place in my life and who I am and what I do by my works, my actions. So it's not just what's coming out of our mouth, but it's what we believe in our heart. As we believe in Jesus Christ, what he did for us, there's changes that take place in us, and we get to this place of uh, salvation.
to be ready. That is what it is to be ready before the Lord is what our faith, who our faith is in, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And there will be changes taking place within us as our faith is there. Our faith is not in the church. It's definitely not in your righteousness. It's definitely not in your actions. But your faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. The man that was on, hung on the cross with Jesus didn't have time to do any good works except to believe. So he believed that Jesus, he confessed this, hey, we deserve to be up here. And we, he confessed his, his faith in Jesus Christ as being the one that, that was the king of this kingdom of God. He says, remember me today when you come into your kingdom. So he made a confession by faith. Jesus turned to him and said, today you will, be, you will be with me in paradise because of his faith in Jesus and what he did for him on the cross. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other things to add to that uh, regarding... Um, So yeah, we can get into uh, the what what is shown in in uh, Revelations 18, the the harlot, the great har uh, the mystery Babylon, and and uh, all that goes with it. Uh, in the end, the religion, Matthew chapter 24 says, the Antichrist will say, you know what, enough of the worship of anything else except for me, and he'll set himself up in the temple. You're going to worship me now. So he's going to break his, his treaty with the uh, Jews halfway through the, the tribulation. So, um, so, but there are things that are already being put into place. Yeah. So, yeah, the temple is, is uh, all the items have been made and are ready. They, they say that the Ark of the Covenant, I just heard last week that they're saying that the Ark of the Covenant is actually in, um, um, I think it's in Ethiopia, and they're taking care of, of it. They've been taking care of it for, for hundreds of years. So all these different things, um, in the end, though, um, to be ready so that we don't go through the tribulation. So all these different things are pointing to the fact that we, we have a certain amount of time left or little time. The time is running out, and... Uh, so not only to be ready, but to see as many that, that you know, that you love, be ready for his return. And uh, so bringing them to the Lord uh, or warning them, praying for them, uh, loving them, spending time with, with those that don't know the Lord, especially your family members, and um, uh, sharing Christ with them or being open to share Christ with them as you have the opportunity. Are there any, any questions, any more questions on, on or passages of Scripture that you might say, hey, uh, I know that we're not going to go through the tribulation because. Is there anybody else? That maybe you have a Scripture that you may not know where, where it is, but you say, hey, I've heard 
that I, or I know that we're not going to go through the tribulation because of this passage. Anybody? All right. Um, let's, I just, I wanted to talk about this. It was just a question, throwing it out there, getting some, some feedback from you. Are there any other questions that have been on your heart for whatever? And maybe um, if you have a question, just say it loud and then we'll repeat it and then we can see if there, we can get some answers. Any questions that you may have on any topic? Yeah, Carrie. Which is, re refresh my memory. Oh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, I, like I don't know a lot of things about the Jehovah's Witness. Uh, but do know this, that uh, what they base their faith on uh, for salvation is I th it's two main things. One is that you are part of the Jehovah's Witness, and it's according to your works. You're saved by your works. So what you do, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't know, I, I think there's only 144,000 that will be, that's gone. I know it's already been filled, but only 144,000 make it to, to heaven and the rest of us inherit the earth. So, sorry. That uh, Jesus and Satan are brothers. Okay, so they, they believe that Jesus and Satan are brothers. Uh, Satan is, is, is Satan deity? So if he's, if he's not deity, which is eternal, then Satan uh, is a created being. So Satan is not the brother of Jesus because Jesus is the son of God. I think it's the, the Jehovah's Witness that say that he is a son of God. And Satan, I guess, is the other son of God or a son of God. But uh, Satan is a created being. He was an angel. And you, if you look and reference uh, Lucifer, he lived or he was an angel of God. And he served God and he fell. And, and it says that how many angels went with him? Sorry? One-third of all the angels that were, are created beings, they have free will, they chose to follow. So they had similar ideas to Satan, or they, they chose to follow him at that time, and so they fell. And we, what do we call those, those fallen angels now? What do we call them? So that we call them demons, all right? So they used to be uh, with God, serving God. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we don't rest... So, how? Do you, so the thing is, uh, the reality of, of of demons. How how do you overcome demons? Sorry. Okay. The sword of the spirit, which is, which is the word of God. How else? So resisting the devil. 
steadfast in the faith. It says, steadfast in the faith, resisting the devil, and he'll flee from you. That's uh, 1 Peter, I think, 5. Sorry? Okay, so, so in uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse uh, 10, and I heard a loud voice in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren, the devil, is cast down, which accused them before God day and night, and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. So we overcome... It says Satan, he's the, the top of all the angels. There are different rankings of, of demons. Um, and, uh, but to overcome, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And it says, and they did not love the, their lives even to, and to the point of death. So even if we face death, uh, to be able to overcome uh, and even in, even in death to overcome. So nothing separates us from the, the love of God as his children. But the confession is that our confession is, once again, Jesus Christ and his blood, the blood of the lamb, which happened at the cross. So there's a confession and the faith in his blood. And so we can overcome uh, the enemy. Um, let me just say this. Uh, at what point, can you overcome, at what point do you overcome the enemy? In, your, in the stage of your becoming a child of God. So, like, is it after a year or 10 years? You got to be a pastor to overcome the enemy? Sorry? So the moment, the moment you give your life to Jesus, it says those that believe in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, the gospel, that's the good news. Those that believe in Jesus' name, they will or they will cast out demons. That can happen immediately. You have authority over the enemy. The enemy doesn't want you to know that. So even the uh, a young believer, when when the disciples were were sent out, they were sent out within a few months of coming together with Jesus. He sent them out two three months later. They came back and they were all excited about the fact that even the demons had to uh, listen to them. And, he and what did Jesus say? He said, don't rejoice that you have power over the, the, the demons, but that your name is written in the book of life. Make sure that you're, you are, be excited about the fact that you're saved. So yeah, it's exciting if, you're, if you have authority over, the, over demons, but it's, it's so much more important that your name is written in the book of life. So that happens when you give your life to Jesus and your faith remains in him. Hello? Nobody was actually thinking I was going to talk. I am just a pretty face up here. Uh, I love the story in Acts of, of uh, the guys who went into the house and, uh, yeah, the seven sons of Sceva who said, uh, in the name of Jesus and, and Peter who preaches them, and the demons went, well, we know who Jesus is, and we know who Peter is, but we don't know who you are. And then they basically beat them and sent them out naked. It was, I love that story. 
so, yeah, it's not just in the name of, of, of Jesus and, and the one that Paul preaches, but it's, it's in, we need to have faith in Jesus, not just know about him, but our faith is in Jesus. Any other questions regarding whatever topic it may be? Okay, we're, we'll, we'll let a few others have questions, so okay. There's another, Glenda, go ahead. She's, she's going to try to stump us here at this point. Go ahead. Matthew 12, 31. You got it there? So the scripture says, Wherefore I say unto you that all manner of sin and blasphemy will be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be uh, forgiven unto men. Uh, so the question is, um, who draws you to Jesus? Holy Spirit. So if you have blasphemed against the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit isn't drawing you anymore, can you get saved? I'm asking the question. If, you, if you're not drawn to Jesus because the Holy Spirit doesn't draw you anymore, then can you get saved and then therefore could you be forgiven? No. It's, it's a thought. So... I, I hear the other day we were at uh, Costco and I heard this little kid. He was like, I don't know, maybe two or three years old. And, he, and uh, obviously he, he learned this from others. But uh, it was like, oh, my God. All right. So it was saying like you had a, like a three or four year old saying, oh, my God, use, using God's name in vain. And so. The, the even the sins, whether it's against the Father or the Son, can be forgiven, but against the Holy Spirit, they're not forgiven when it comes to blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And um, so here, uh, yeah, that the one that draws us to the Lord is the Holy Spirit. If there's no drawing, we're, we're finished. Okay, sorry, we're... Okay, yeah, go ahead. The mark of the beast. So what's what, what's the mark of the beast? Sorry? It's the Pope? Well, it's, it talks about the mark of the beast in uh, Revelations chapter 13. Okay, so when when is the mark of the beast given? Because I, I know they, they were saying with COVID and, and whatever happening, uh, they were saying that the mark of the beast was the vac vaccination. Some were saying that's that's the mark of the beast if you have you take the vaccine. So the mark of the beast is it, it talks about it in Revelation chapter thirteen. It says that without the mark of the beast that no one will be able to buy or sell, all right? The mark of the beast will not come out 
until we're into the, tri uh, the tribulation. And probably from what it looks like, it'll probably happen right after the Antichrist sets himself up into, in, his, uh, in the, the, the temple for everybody to worship him. And he says, okay, now it's done. There's not going to be any more worship except you're going to worship me. And so he defiles the temple. He goes into the Holy of Holies. And this mark of the beast, uh, is it says, is a number that will be either on the right hand or on the forehead. So there's going to be an identification. In fact, I just heard the other day that they have, you can take a pill and you're, you're, they, you can, they can put a tattoo on your arm and it will luminesce with this pill. And you can actually, you can be in connection uh, uh, with, with this, having taken this pill and with this tattoo, whatever this marking is, uh, and actually uh, be in connection with the AI and satellite, whatever, they know exactly where you are. So this is a technology that's coming out. So things are setting up for the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast hasn't, hasn't happened yet. It's not been given yet. But the setup and the system to, to control it and to, to uh, monitor everything, the capability is there. I, I heard like a few years ago, they, and they've already done this, I think more in, I don't know if it's Sweden or, or anyways, there's some companies that you need to have a certain whatever to flash or you can put your hand on or it, it, it scans or whatever for you to have entrance into the, the, uh, the facility. So the technology is there, but it has not been put into place yet. It hasn't happened yet. And so there's so many people that are, are, are afraid to go, they feel like we're gonna go through the, the, the tribulation. The main thing is, again, to be ready. You need to be ready. And so uh, I, what I say is, you know what? If I'm, if I'm wrong and we're, we, we're going to go through the tribulation, it's going to go against a lot of scriptures. But should that be, you know, a wrong interpretation or whatever, we need to be ready to die. Because whether we're, we're going through tribulation or not, we need to be ready to go. And uh, that's the most important thing, is to be right before the Lord. That is only through faith in Jesus Christ. So the Pope, the Pope is not the mark of the beast. All right, so it's an actual mark that will, that will be on your, your right hand. It says, the Lord says, or the scriptures say, on the right hand or on the forehead. Mark is, is uh, chiragma, which is a stamp or an etching or a badge, something that's carved in or, or marked. All right, good questions. Bef just, okay, go ahead. Sure, they have, they have the capability uh, with cameras, whatever, uh, to scan faces and, and uh, to find out where a person's at. So I know this technology is very prevalent, so. Your phone actually is, is when you land in the airport, they have a thing at the airport that just grabs everything out of your phone right away. So as soon as you, and that's been for like, really, they are so far ahead 
of where we, they, that you think they are because we see what they let us see. But the military, think about what is, would be top secret. Like the technology we have as normal people, what does the military have that we don't know about? So they're, they're miles ahead of us. And at the end of the day, I don't care. I know where I'm going and I know who I serve and he's able to take care of me. So let it be. Amen. Praise God. Yes. So the question was, uh, what is the plan of Jehovah's Witness, and will it work out or not work out? Listen, in the last, there are so many um, false. Uh, religions and whatever and the thing is why why the the attempt of of the enemy is to to deceive to confuse the, to to hide the the gospel that people don't have what it takes to come to the lord so uh it is if if we as the body of christ are silent we are not doing what the lord jesus asks us to do so he says, I want you to go out. I want you to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want, to, I want you to teach them all things that I've commanded you. I will be with you right to the end of the age. He wants us to go out. He wants us to share the gospel with others, make followers of Jesus Christ. So, yeah, go ahead. All right, so, so you're asking questions about, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses. So, Peter, let, let me just uh, throw one thing at you. Um, so in... Uh, Philippians chapter 2, uh, starting at verse 5. Let this mind be in you, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things of earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but also, uh, but much more also in my absence, here's the kicker, work out your own salvation, with fear and trembling. Not somebody else's. Don't worry about the others. Worry about your own. For it is God which works both in you to will and to do his good pleasure. To keep on going. There's, it talks about being uh, blameless and harmless sons of God uh, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation that you would shine as a light to the world. So uh, Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe that Jesus has the name above every other name. They believe that Jehovah is the name above every name. And uh, so there's, there's already a, a problem. Uh, and then this, this next part, you want to be a witness, do what he sa tells you to do, what you know to do, and, and be a witness that way, and your light will shine in this nasty world. Okay. Any other questions? Once again, we'll 
give a chance here. Yes, Carl. So one, one thing that I would say is, um, and, and Nathan Dakin touched on it on Sunday morning, says, uh, he says, uh, James says, you say that you have faith. I, I say to you, I have faith, and I, I, I will show you I have faith by my works. With faith without works is dead. So if there is not a change that is taking place, works has to do with our actions. If there's not a change that's taking place within us, then we're not going to be in the right place. Uh, but the amazing thing is when, we, when our faith is in the right place, so Galatians 5 verse uh, 20, right after it talks about all the fruit of the Spirit in our life, it says again, such there is no law. Here it is. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is a crucifying of the flesh with its passions and desires. And then it says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So if we live in the Holy Spirit, we're alive in the Holy Spirit because our faith is in Jesus Christ. Let us also walk in the Spirit. And so he's talking about daily that there is this, this thing of the Holy Spirit being in our life and empowering us, giving us wisdom, giving us power. And that only comes, once again, through our being crucified. That's why Jesus said, deny yourself, take up the cross daily, and follow me. So regarding some of the things that people will say, hey, I'm going to continue to sin. And so there's a whole long list of works of the flesh which are evident, and it goes through like almost 20 different things, and it says, and the like, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, adultery, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, it goes through all these different things, and the like, like these things, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So regarding the, the practice is different than... Uh, a person that's practicing is something is some, someone that's saying, I'm going to do this because that's what I want to do. I, I want to get better at this, I guess. I'm going to practice these things. So when it comes to uh, drunkenness, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on. And so I don't care whether I, I, I drink because I've, I've said the sinner's prayer and I'm good to go. But it says here, it says, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So uh, it's a different thing if, if the intent is to sin willfully or the intent is I, I, I slipped in sin. And this is not a practice. I fell in sin. So this, this is a different, a different kind of situation. So, um, so to answer your question then is... Uh, just because you've said a sinner's prayer and you're continuing to practice sin, you're, you're in a, a pretty rough place according to this passage. Will you inherit the kingdom of God? No. So we need to be careful about where our faith is at, that we would be crucified our flesh is crucified. We're crucified with our flesh with its passions and its lusts. The amazing thing is when we're crucified with Christ, and Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ, the power and of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of God is there available for us to overcome the different things in our life. Will we have temptation? Sure. Uh, regarding influences, uh, do I believe that there are demonic influences in, in a person's life? Yeah, I, in a Christian's life, yes. And there's, there's a need at times to be delivered from these demonic influences in a, in a Christian's, in a believer's life so that they're set free from some of the things that they're, they wonder, why, why am I doing these things or whatever? There's an influence that is demonic. So it's going, it's not the flesh, it's demonic. So it's the wisdom like that. It says this wisdom does not come from above. It comes from this world. It's sensual. It's of the flesh. And it is also demonic. There's a demonic element to it of influence. So uh, that's what James, James 3 talks about. The last part of that chapter, verse 13 to 18, talks about the influences of this world where there's strife and division. There's every evil work. So, um, yeah. We're, we're not supposed to be practicing sin, but I can tell you, 100% that at the moment of salvation, your future sins are forgiven if you're not practicing sin. They have to be. Because it, did anybody in here sin after they got saved? Or is there anybody that didn't in here sin after they got saved? Right? Except for Hannah. So you got saved tonight then, right? Yeah. Because we do. We're going to fall, right? There's a war going on between us. Paul talks about that, the war that goes on between our flesh and our spirit. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall save me? Right? That war is still going on in us. But we are no longer slaves to sin. So we have a way to overcome. We're still going to fall. And we are, our, God has already forgiven. We are justified. God is, God is going to forgive us for those sins. So, yeah, you don't have to be perfect after you give your life to Christ. You, you don't have to be perfect to keep your salvation.
Yeah, but how many countries are there where if you're a Christian, you got to hide it? There is no going to a pastor. There is no going to sin. So, yeah, absolutely. Everything we need for salvation, God has already given us. In the gospel. Right, through the gospel, right? Basically, if you've given your life to Christ, you're saved. You're saved. Right? It's not, and it's, it's not how much I go to church. It's not how many times I read my Bible. Those are all good things. They're important things. They make your walk a heck of a lot easier. But they don't affect your salvation. Your salvation was accomplished by Christ on the cross, period. So, Paul, if you read Romans, if you want to have a detailed account of Romans and what salvation is all about, uh, read through Romans. And, uh, or if you want to go through the series, uh, Changing My Future, last year, you look, check out the series, Changing My Future. We went through the entire book of Romans. However, in a nutshell, I like what Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. In the next verse, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Faith in what Paul's not ashamed of, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as we believe by faith in Jesus Christ, that's Jesus Christ and him crucified, that's the gospel, in a nutshell, we are just before the Lord. We stand righteous before the Lord. The just shall live by faith. And so that's why in Ephesians uh, 6, it talks about the armor of God. And it says, what should we take above all else? It talks about the helmet. It talks about the sword. It talks about the feet, the, sh the shoes, all these different things. It's a, but it says one thing. It says, above all else, taking what? What part of the armor? The shield of faith. Above all else, the shield of faith whereby which every fiery dart of the enemy is quenched. Why faith? Because faith. Faith is the foundation. Faith is the, the protection. Faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us will take on everything. Anything that's being shot at, at us, it will take care of it. Our faith. And we add to our faith. Peter says, no, that's the foundation of our faith in Jesus Christ. But now we want to add to faith virtue and all the different things as it talks about in, uh, I think it's First Peter 5 or Second Peter 1. Ephesians uh, 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to good works, which God has ordained that we should do, that we should walk in them. So uh, we're not saved by our works, though we show our faith by our works, but we're saved by faith uh, by his grace, not it's a gift of God. Okay. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 10. Uh, hopefully that answers your question. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to close, and I know there's a lot of questions uh, that were asked tonight, and that's good. Um, and we will close then. I'm going to ask uh, maybe Andrew if you can just close in prayer tonight. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love us 
beyond what we can possibly imagine. Lord, I thank you that, uh, that we are saved by faith. It's not our work. Uh, it's not what we do. It's what you do. Lord, I thank you uh, for loving us uh, when we were unlovely. And Lord, uh, tonight as we, uh, as we go our separate ways, Lord, I pray that you would uh, walk with us as you promised. Lord, that we would recognize that, that you are with us as we go. And Lord, I pray that uh, we would be light in this perverse generation. I ask in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.